Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. gentlemen you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year fall guy fall guy fall guy that's what the poster said see ryan gosling and emily blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy trying to make out because nope. i don't either it's not what i'm into right now what are you into talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> The Fall Guy, only in theaters May 3rd, rated PG-13. And it's time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Cooper is doing good. Cooper is very tired, but I'm here. I'm ready to go, bro. Why is Cooper referring to himself in the third person? Because I'm like the rock, baby. I do what I want. How you doing? Okay, then. So, as you all know, it is time for some AEW Talk, baby, episode three. Yes, it's awesome, dude. I cannot wait to get into this. We've got some good stuff coming for you guys, so listen in. Here we go. All right, so we're going to start off with some AEW news. First up, it was announced recently that AEW has teamed up with the Owen Hart Foundation. The partnership will lead to an establishment of the Owen Hart Cup Tournament. It will be held annually with the winner receiving a trophy called the Owen. AEW will help in the production of Owen Hart merchandise, including action figures, apparel, posters, and additional collectible items and merchandise, as well as Owen Hart will be featured as a character in AEW's console video game that is currently in development. The Owen Hart Foundation was created by his wife, Martha Hart, who used the money from a settlement with WWE after the wrongful death lawsuit that was brought against the company. The nonprofit Calgary-based foundation honors Owen by providing scholarships, housing, and various assistance to low-risk communities or at-risk, sorry, at-risk communities around the world. and includes food drives, backpack giveaways, and Christmas projects. So, Cooper, this is huge announcement from AEW. Uh, definitely a huge announcement, dude. And and so awesome to see me being done for Owen Hart. Um, it, it's a shame what happened with him in, in regards to his death and mm. to finally get something for him to... To be able to remember his his legacy, um, I know she personally didn't want anything to do with WWE having anything to do with that. And I guess from you know, mm-hmm. from like a, a an aspect where it's like okay, this is you know, 
you know, your 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 husband that passed away. I guess I I, I understand it a bit, but uh, I understand his family was upset about it, and that's not what they would have wanted. But I respect her her wishes too. And uh -huh. It's it's nice to see her doing something in his honor. Yes, and AEW being. A big part of that, which is is really cool too. Right, AEW being the lucky recipient of that <laughs> partnership, yeah. um, it was a bit unfortunate thing. Of course, as uh, some of you would know, Owen Hart died tragically during an entrance from the Rafters um, during um, what was it, the pay per view? No, it's actually I think it's a Monday Night Raw, dude. If I remember, the article Monday said Night it was because I was watching it on TV. Oh. But yeah, uh, and it know, was it was pretty crazy. Man. Yeah, fell from the rafters to his death, unfortunately. And then uh, Martha, of course, wanted nothing to do with WWE after the settlement, and wouldn't even allow Owen to be named. Can't even name drop on WWE television or nothing like that. And uh, unfortunately, it, it seemed like it was kind of odd, but at the same time, um, it's not that odd in the fact that you have the fact that we had Bret Hart um, at the initial pay per view that. Crowned the uh, first AEW World Champion. Oh yeah, definitely, so definitely all out. Not that odd, especially with the fact that, like you said, you know him giving the first inaugural championship. So yeah, um, I think this is really awesome, and it definitely needed to be talked about. Uh, I remember being a little kid when that happened. I was, I think I was in the fifth grade when that happened, dude. And, uh, that, Pretty crazy, yeah. Because really, you didn't, you didn't really. I, I know I didn't really understand what was going on. I was like, uh, what just happened here? Right. Uh, and they went on with the show that night, and uh, a lot of people were were um, shocked by that. And but I also think maybe as a wrestler and all that, I'm sure that's what he would have wanted. He would have wanted the show to go on. Yeah. And uh, I think it's awesome, though, that AEW is doing this for him, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be able to get to to play old Owen Hart. And, and uh, maybe they'll feature Bret Hart on the game, too. Who knows? We'll see. We'll get the Hart Foundation. <clears throat> right. All right, next up, uh, former WWE referee and current AEW referee Mike Chioda uh, compliments AEW on their treatment of refs and their promotion. States that AEW takes care of refs of the refs, hotels, travel, and other expenses while appearing on Monday Night Mail or Monday Mailbag podcast. Uh, Kyoto said that WWE doesn't cover refs' expenses when it comes to travel and believes big companies like the WWE should be able to cover those costs similar to what an NFL franchise does for their football program. NFL franchises cover expenses for 50 to 75 men when they travel, and WWE has anywhere from 50 to 100 traveling employees and should do a better job helping their refs. Also stated that the term union for referees in the wrestling world is a pretty much a banned bad word. Oof. Yeah, man, this is pretty cool, though. I mean, it's good for him. Especially, you know, Mike Keogh has been a part of, you know, the wrestling, the wrestling business for a very long time. So mm -hmm. it, it's nice to, to see him finally being somewhere where he's appreciated. And, uh, you know, I mean... WWE better watch out because a lot of people are, you know, if you can't become a wrestler, you always try and get into it in some way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, th there's always need for refs. Yes, there is. So. What I also like about it, too, is a lot of the 
AEW officials seem to have their own unique personality that gets to be allowed to be shown through, other than the occasional disgruntlement with the superstar that they're having to deal with that night in a match. They actually have, like, Aubrey is very well known because she's got that personality that they allow her to exhume through the television. Oh, what I love about it is, you know, she was one of the first on-air, you know, uh, female refs. So, Mm -hmm. for me, that, that was... It's really cool to see in the fact that, you know... WWE is kind of piggybacked off of that. It's kind of like whatever. Right. All right. Next up, we have AEW Dynamite finally has a premiere date for its move over to TBS from TNT. Wednesday, January 5th, 2022 will be the beginning of a new era for AEW's flagship program. It was also reported that AEW Rampage will likely stay on TNT as plans seem to have been nixed for Rampage to move along with Dynamite over to TBS. That is a change, of course, for, of, uh, for the newer program and thus leaving AEW with the ability to keep the TNT Championship intact. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't wait for this, man. It, it reminds me of old WCW days. We had Thunder on TBS. We had Monday Night uh, Nitro on, on TNT. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting in with AEW. Right. And... Uh, who knows, man? Maybe they'll continue getting so big they'll decide to switch nights on uh, on Dynamite and go to Monday. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an, another that shot would, across the bow of WWE. That would be totally interesting, wouldn't it? I would totally watch it. Another Monday Night War. It'd be interesting. Don't get. T- we don't want them to get too cocky because remember Donald Trump did that with the USFL and the USFL got crushed by the NFL. For moving from the spring to the fall. Yeah. So maybe build up some more momentum before you take that kind of direct yeah, shot. But they've definitely got the roster talent to do it, I'm sure. They do. They got they definitely um, have been building a better and bigger roster for sure. So it's gonna be um, definitely interesting to see what happens with that. And because of that announcement, there was also reports that AEW will introduce a secondary championship into their women's division, being dubbed as the TBS championship. It will be the sister to the TNT Championship, currently held by Miro. With AEW now planning on leaving Rampage on TNT and Dynamite moving to TBS, it will be interesting to see how these titles are handled. There is nothing imminent when it comes to the title as it sounds like it is in development stage, but the Trios Championships could be premiering soon. Cooper, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, this is interesting, dude. Uh... It makes you wonder, I mean, are they going to make it kind of a a secondary women's title? Or are they going to make it an inter- intergender title? What are they going to do with it? From what I read in the article, it's looking like it's going to be like a secondary women's championship. like Kind of like how the TNT title is for the men's division. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be definitely different to see something like that. Which is like saying that the men's TNT title is on one side and the women's, you know, TBS title is on the other. So Yeah. I mean, you could look at it this way, too. Maybe since they're going to have this separation, you can keep the um, AEW um, women's title on Rampage and have the TBS title on Dynamite. It's like you're going to have the AEW on Dynamite and then the TNT title on Rampage. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different, man. Mm-hmm. 
It's going to be cool, though. It is. It's gonna Can't be wait to see it. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to hopefully seeing those trios title. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, a faction title is what it's going to be. A faction title. Even though we've been kind of complaining that there's too many factions there's in There still AD, is too many there uh, is. factions. But it's going to be cool, though, that they now at least have a purpose. Other yeah. than causing and running interference all the time. <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, that'll be fun. All right, man. So, we also have the Sportster article. Uh, five current wrestlers that will retire in their prime and five that will hang on for too long. So instead of doing the five, instead of splitting this up into five that are going to retire in their prime and then five who are going to uh, hang on too long, we're just going to do the current AEW ones and the WWE ones, which still worked out to five and five. So cool. Are you ready? Let's do it, brother. Starting off for AEW. So we're doing AEW tonight and WWE tomorrow. Sounds good. With the preview for the. Um, pay-per-view. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so, in their prime, starting off, Brian Danielson. Even though Brian Danielson is just starting out a new chapter of his wrestling career, that doesn't mean he's not going to be an incredibly long one. Considering the fact that Brian has already retired due to health concerns in the past, uh, there's no way he'll risk sticking around too long. Brian is going to enjoy wrestling while he's healthy and can compete at a high level, but it's clear he'll always put his family first and therefore will likely hang up his boots once again. When he's still in his prime in order to be a father. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I like I like Brian Danielson, but I also know that, uh, you know, we, we've seen the injury and the comeback. And, uh, you know, if he decides to hang up his boots after a while, then, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, I think he's probably going to enjoy this one as much as he can. It's already been kind of confirmed he's not going to have a whole lot of wrestling dates. And also he's going to do some other things outside of AEW. He plans on wrestling a couple um, wrestling matches in other promotions. New Japan was mostly the one that they talked about the most in that um, article I read when he was coming over after he was officially over with AEW. Um, and that's basically how they got him is their willingness to not let him wrestle so much on their promotion, allowing him to... Go wrestle in other venues where WWE was mostly like, no, you need to just wrestle for us if you're going to take a lighter schedule with us. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see though. Um, I'm kind of happy for him though because it looks like he's finally going to get to wrestle his way and enjoy it um, for the first time in a while. Because it did seem like even though he got to come back in front of the crowds and stuff after his horrific injury, that seemed like it was going to be the end of his career. It didn't seem like he was still really enjoying it as much as he should have been able to. And I think that's too because, you know, they they had different ways of how they wanted to run the match and he couldn't couldn't just go all out and do what he wants to do. So yeah. Right. So that's gonna be interesting to watch. Alright, next up, another one to retire in their prime for AEW will be Chris Jericho. Huh. Retirement is something that has been discussed a lot of late in relation to Jericho. It was due to this, which is due to the storyline he put together with MJF. While he ended up not having to stop wrestling, it is clear that he's preparing for life outside the ring. Jericho is the type of person who will walk away when he's still on top, mainly because he has so many other projects, whether it be his band, Fozzie, his podcast, or a possible career in commentary. Jericho doesn't need to wrestle once his time has come. Cooper, your thoughts on Jericho retiring in his prime? Uh, I wouldn't even call him in his prime anymore. Um, 
Jericho is one of those one of those guys that just he is good and no matter what he does. Uh-huh. And uh, I love it, man. Uh, I love seeing him wrestle with AEW. I've seen him all the way back in WCW, ECW days. Yeah. That's why people are always like, oh, great Jericho. No, Jericho-holic. He's like, you don't know shit. You don't even know shit about the first list that was made on WCW. I mean, come on now. Uh-huh. Jericho is a Hall of Famer through and through, and it's nice to see him back on TNT and I hope he does retire, you know, in his prime and doesn't push it too far. But we'll see with him because he's, he's kind of one of them guys that I think that if he was too away for too long, we'd see him back again. He's definitely the type where I think if you gave him enough to get a pop appearance, he would do it. Oh, yeah. He just needs the right motivation. And, I, and I'll get it, too, because he's going to – he deserves – at that point in his career, to pick the proper pop moment and make it make sense. Whereas, unfortunately, a lot of people who love Goldberg don't like his legacy now anymore because he doesn't seem to be appearing for the right reasons anymore. Yeah. He's kind of... It was nice for a little bit. It's like, well, my son never saw us. Well, that was a good reason to come back. But now, why are we still doing this, Goldberg? Yeah. That's the, the same... I mean, that's the problem. It's not. It was cool to do it when. Oh, my son's never seen me wrestle except on YouTube. And he, and he was a little kid, and yeah. now his son's like a teenager and acting like, oh, I'm seeing my dad wrestle. I was like, no, dude, you've already seen it. Oops. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's not really that kind of that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's not that same pop anymore, and it's not really a good reason to come back anymore because his wrestling matches have been. Terrible. And we'll talk more about him tomorrow because he's on this list anyways. But I'm just saying, whereas Jericho, it would only he would only do it honestly because the pop will be right yeah. is the reason why he'll come back. He probably, and I think that's why, I think they're right. He might just go ahead to still do wrestling through commentary. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that, honestly. Because he's always been good on the mic. So, moving over to commentary, doing special events, showing up for that, I could see him doing that. I don't know if he'd commit to it 100% because I think he really enjoys his um, touring time with Fozzie. He's good, um, man. He's good yeah, at singing, I'm, I'm not he's, saying he's bad. I'm saying That's what I said. He enjoys doing no, it. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's good at whatever he does. His podcast is amazing, His podcast too. is good. So, I think he's got so many passion projects that he doesn't need it. But if you came to that point where you're like, man, I really need a pop lately, let's call Jericho. Yeah, and if yeah. it makes sense, Jericho will be on board. Yeah. So I can't really say he'd be retired, retired. So I don't know. We'll see. Hanging on too long. So we got to our hanging on too long. Paul White, another legend that is trying to forge a path in commentary. Paul White, however, wrestling is still very much on his mind. The former WWE stars made it clear that he doesn't want to retire too soon and still has things to achieve, but White has seriously slowed down inside the ring. Injuries have caught up with White, and all while he's had an unforgettable career, he is now walking the fine line between hanging on too long to his in-ring career. Given that he has no, shown no interest in retiring yet, it seems like he'll overstay his welcome in the squared circle. Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, I don't know if you could say he'll overstay his welcome. Uh, big show, uh, big show, or Paul White, whatever. <laughs> He's one of them guys that just 
He's a big guy, but he's athletic, dude. He he's one of the ones that you you watched since day one when he came into the ring, and, and he took on Hogan for the title. You know, he he's always been one of them guys that just like I I thought for a long time he was Andre the Giant's son. You know, when I was a kid, and right. when that when that came out that he wasn't, I was kind of sad. But. Right. But no, he's a, he's a big dude. He's athletic, and if he can still go, let him go. Right, and let's not forget too. We did have like the last few years of his running WWE, where he said he was healthy. WWE just didn't use they him. They didn't use him, yeah. So, so he feels that he needs to extend his career as long as he can because he doesn't know when it might be over, and he wants to be able to enjoy it and go out his way rather than just being not used and told, yeah, never mind. So. Getting the Mickey James treatment where they put your shit in a trash bag and say, see you later. Yeah, that or, yeah. Ooh. All right, another AEW guy hanging on too long, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy might have started working in a management role with Private Party, but he doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon inside the ring. Hardy has a very rough, had a very rough introduction with AEW where he suffered some serious injury problems during his storyline with Sammy Guevara. This raised concerns about whether he should continue, but he showed no signs of slowing down from that point. Uh, Hardy is one of those. Hardy is someone who's been given everything to the, who has given everything to the business. Sorry, but also doesn't look like he wants to stop anytime soon, which could lead him to hanging on a little too long. Your thoughts, Cooper? I don't know, man. Matt Hardy is still in great shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's dealt with some injuries and things, but. Uh, I really don't like this whole him being a manager, money mat thing. I don't care for it. Um, I'd like to see him do more of the darker stuff like he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the delete, delete, delete stuff. Yeah. Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I like that a lot better. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. And not only that, I guess it's because I'm an old school wrestling fan. I've been watching the Hardy Boys since they were jobbers in WWE, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, to me, a life without Matt or Jeff Hardy is just, it's a sad world. Yeah. It's kind of like not having The Undertaker around anymore. Yeah. We had talked about this actually a while back where we were discussing about my thoughts on Matt Hardy taking on this management role. I thought... I was thinking he was doing this to prolong his wrestling career because he's waiting for Jeff's contract to be done with WWE so that way the Hardys can reunite together and they can go out together as a team, as brothers as they are. Because, you know, they actually are. But, you know, it's just that way they can go out together instead of, you know, him being on one show, Jeff being on another show, or in promotion, sorry. And then going out, you know with a whimper basically instead of with a bang as we know they love to do (laughs) oh yeah so all right sir and i believe this is our last aew one yes it is hanging on too long the stinger considering the fact that sting has already retired once there can be an argument that the fact he's already hanging around too long however he's only working very limited dates and to his credit the hall of famer has looked good when he has competed so far However, that is only going to last so long and fans will only want to see a protected version of the icon in so many matches. Because of that, Sting may end up competing a little bit too long rather than hanging up the boots and just taking on a non-wrestling role. 
Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess the way I look at Sting now, I look at Sting like he's he's AEW's Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Okay? The more you can get him involved, even just to show up, kind of like we were talking about with, with Jericho, when, when you need that pop or whatever, you know what I mean? It It's nice to see him there, dude. Mm-hmm. And especially when, you know, I remember seeing... The very last match from WCW, uh, Ric Flair versus Sting. And I thought, this is it. I'll never see these two again because Sting swore up and down that he would never go to the WWE. All right. And for the longest time, we, we all thought that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And I still don't really care for the storyline they put him in when he was in WWE, so... No, they failed him miserably when they brought him. Finally, got him to convince him to come over. I mean, I kind of think I knew what they were planning. It seems like okay. First, we want you to come in. You're gonna lose to WWE Triple H, and then basically, then we're gonna let, give you a quick title run against Seth Rollins. But then he got hurt against Seth Rollins instead of giving us what we all wanted in the first place: the icon versus the icon. Sting, Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's what we were deserving. We didn't need WWE versus WCW. We didn't need all that bullshit. That would have really been WCW versus WWE. Exactly. You and you guess what? Those if, are the flagship guys. That that would have been it. Yeah. And it's just it's sad that it's never gonna happen. Now it's never gonna happen. It was stupid. We. They wasted that opportunity. That's the wrestling match. And they gave it to Triple H. It was so dumb. I was just like, dude, like Triple H is a guy. He's a big part. And yeah, but he wasn't the Undertaker, dude. I mean, he didn't hold that mystique that the Undertaker held. Especially with the mystique that is only matched by Sting. By Sting, yeah. Well, I'm... Some would argue one is better than the other, depending on your version of who you like better, basically, which promotion you like better. Some like Sting more, some like The Undertaker more. When I was, Us who are not so When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I liked Sting more because I was more of a WCW fan. Right. Like, my very first, my very first wrestling event was Jacksonville, Florida, Monday Night Nitro. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got, and at the time, DDP was... The World Heavyweight Champion, I think he just beat Goldberg for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see Sting, but I got to see Hogan and Eric Bischoff. And I remember yelling and screaming. My dad got to go to the bathroom. I'm yelling and screaming, you suck. <laughs> you know, you know, Hogan, you suck. You know, and, then, and I'm, I'm standing there at the rail and... and uh, Security walks by and they're like, "You need to sit down, kid." <laughs> you know, I pull myself out of the wheelchair to stand on the rail. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't. So Sting being out for as long as he was, well, then there was words and rumors that he was healthy, but WWE didn't want to put him in anything because they were afraid he couldn't do anything, and then you had the fiasco at the Crown Jewel between Undertaker and Goldberg. So they're like, oh, great, we can't really put Sting out in anything because we don't know if him or anybody else will survive you know, it. You really sucks? Let, let, let's, let's get on this right here. Oh, boy, here we go. 
after what happened with CM Punk. Now, I'm glad that he's back, don't get me wrong. But after what happened with CM Punk, mm -hmm. they shut everybody down. Anytime somebody would get hurt, it didn't matter what it was. And they're still doing that. And that's so frustrating to see because, you know, it's like, I am. I was so glad to finally get Edge back. And now all of a sudden, Edge is gone again. I was so excited to get, you know, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson now. And then they didn't even utilize him like they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, dang, man. And, and like you said, Sting's been healthy. Like we just said, Paul White was healthy there for a while, and they weren't using them. They're not utilizing their, their guys because they got too many freaking people. Yeah, and now they've basically cut all the roster and all the good ones are going. Yep. For the most part, we'll talk about some good ones that are still over. Well, there's a couple good ones still over one legend to rule them all. The Viper. Ah! The Viper's made. Yep. Alright, sir, so you ready to get to these match cards? Let's do it, brother. Alright, starting off with AEW Rampage from last Friday. Here we go. AEW World Tag Team Champs, the Lucha Bros, Phoenix Ray, and Penta L Zero Medio with Alex Abrahantes took on the number one ranked Butcher and Blade. Or the Butcher and the Blade. With Big Money, Matt Hardy, and the HFO. So, the Lucha Brothers use an assisted splash on the Butcher for a near fall. Penta uh, then would chop away at the Butcher's chest, but the Butcher fired back with a massive meat hook of a punch. Penta then would hit a sling blade clothesline on the Butcher and the Blade. Ray Phoenix jumped off the top rope to the outside onto the Butcher, and Penta then would continue an aerial assault onto Blade. Penta's L Zero Medio would then use a monkey flip tossing blade into the Butcher. Uh, Ray Phoenix tagged in and hit a German suplex on Butcher. He followed that up with another German suplex, this time for Blade for a near fall. They connected with a fear factor, but Butcher made the safe on his tag partner, Blade. Blade power slammed Penta for a near fall. Blade then tied Penta, uh, tied his mask into the ropes, isolating him in the corner. Butcher and Blade assaulted Ray Phoenix as Penta was all tied up. Penta took off his mask while still concealing his identity to come to the aid of his brother. Ray Phoenix finished off Blade before the, with a pin, and the private party and the rest of HFO jumped in to continue the assault after the match on the Lucha Bros, but Santana and Ortiz sprinted to the ring to even up the odds for Penta and Ray Phoenix. So, Cooper, your thoughts on another tag match to start off? Sounds like AEW. a great tag match, dude. And of course, as usual, what happens at the end? Everybody gets involved. Mm -hmm. You As get usual. a piece. You get a piece. Everybody gets a piece. <laughs> and we want just go ahead and start the trio titles now, so we can get over this interference crap. They can all just be out there at the same time and just. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like is all the interference crap. Well, at least the match finished without interference and then everybody came out yeah WCW was horrible about that with the NWO yeah they get involved in the middle of the match like all the damn time yeah you love the NWO though no I really didn't like the NWO back then nowadays I respect them and you and I have met three of their main guys and it was it was too sweet it's too sweet man alright next up we had Dark Orders and are Anna Jake, accompanied by Tay Conti, versus The Bunny with Penelope Ford. And Matt Hardy stuck around. Because <laughs> he just is. 
Anna Jay and the Bunny immediately began brawling outside the ring. Anna Jay suplexed the Bunny outside the ring. Anna Jay would then hit the Bunny with a Northern Light suplex. They traded forearms outside the ring. The Bunny blasted Anna Jay's shoulder with a thrust kick. The Bunny rammed Anna Jay into the ringside barricade. Then the Bunny tried to pull Anna Jay's shoulder out of socket. Back in the mm. ring, though. Huh? I said, oof. Yeah. Back in the ring, Anna Jay was, uh, used a flipping neck breaker for an earfall on the Bunny. But Anna's shoulder was clearly bothering her. Penelope Ford jumped on the apron trying to distract Anna Jay, but Tay Conti was having none of it. And pulled, uh, Tay would pull Penelope back down. The plan backfired on Penelope Ford and the bunny. As Anna rolled up the bunny and pinned her after the match, Penelope pulled the hair or pulled out a pair of brass knucks and rocked Tay Conti and Anna Jay with knockout shots. Ouch. That's some bullshit. Yeah, man. I can't use those, man. This isn't freaking Floyd Mayweather versus Paul White, man. <laughs> it's some bullcrap. But what are your thoughts? Sounds like a match, man. It was. It was fun and entertaining. Sounds like at the end, uh, somebody got knocked out. Two got knocked out <laughs> by some brass knucks. The winners got knocked out. They're, right. they're all laying there. We got it, bird. His name's Ronnie. Well, tell Ronnie you got knocked out. (laughs) All right. Next up, we had the AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Ruby Soho. Oh, wait. No, this is just their face-to-face interview. Before their match on Dynamite. My bad. I got all excited. So, Ruby, welcome to TV, some TV time. But before we get to that, let's talk about why you're here. It's not for my title. It's not for all these fans. It's for you. Because you're still trying to figure out who you are. How many times have you changed your name in the last year? You're desperately trying to fit in, whereas everyone knows who I am, said Brett Baker. Ruby replied, of course they know who you are. You remind them every week. You shove it down their throats. I know you're not accustomed to being told you're wrong, but you're wrong. I know exactly who the hell I am. Up until now, I haven't had the freedom to prove it. Oh, shots fired. But let's flip the script here. Let's talk about you, Britt. On the face, you look, on the surface, sorry, you look like every other broad that I've stepped across in the ring from. Uh, Entitled, self-centered, and banging some dude in the back. That's another shot fired at somebody who just recently joined AEW. And as it turns out that you are just that, I'm trying to figure out if there's anything more. Baker, and I'm trying to figure out why you're lying to everyone, including yourself, because... You have the audacity to call yourself the runaway? You don't run away from anything. You get fired. Oh. Dang. And I I did, but it turns out it was for the best damn thing that ever happened to me because it brought me here to AEW and in this ring looking into your eyes, Britt. And I want want you to look into my eyes, but it must be hard with your head so far up Tony Khan's ass. Damn, Tony. What happened there? You can call yourself all these nicknames, but after Dynamite next week, I will beat your ass in New York City. Take your title. The one thing you won't be able to call yourself is AEW Women's World Champion, added Soho. Brett tried to take a cheap shot at Ruby Soho, but she dodged it. That is what we call a money segment, said Jericho. Yes. Woo! Money segment. That was Tony Khan really okay with saying having someone saying that he has a woman's head up his ass? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But there's no holds bar here at AEW, baby. 
I guess not. Holy crap. It makes you kind of wish for the Attitude Era all over again for WWE. <laughs> yes, I missed indeed. All right. Are you ready for the main event? Yes. We have the TNT title championship match as TNT champion, the Redeemer, Miro, taking on Fuego del Sol. Fuego put his new car on the line in order to entice Miro into one more match against him. Are you ready? Yes. Fuego would use a drop step to get it behind Miro. Then he would chop. Uh, ha- then he tried to chop to Miro's chest and followed that up with kicks. Fuego, uh, Fuego pulled down the top rope. And Miro went over. Miro, sorry, Miro <laughs> yeah. went over to the arena floor. Fuego tried to uh, or for a pescado. Sure, uh, but Miro would catch him. Miro then plucked Fuego out of the midair and flung him overhead backwards. With Fuego crashing, crashing, crashing hard into the arena floor. This is why I can't do Spanish and English together. Dang it. <laughs> Whoa. What did I just do? I went too far. My bad. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're back. Whoopsie. Okay. Mira began to toy with uh, Soul in the ring, hurling, hurling, and that's supposed to be hurling him with huge hip toss. <sighs> Miro smashed Fuego with a running elbow, landing squarely on Fuego's chest. Fuego blindsided Miro with a kick to the head. Uh, Fuego springboarded off the ropes, but Miro swatted him out of the air like a wasp. Fuego slipped out of a DDT attempt for Miro, and then Fuego hit a double foot stomp on Miro. Uh, Fuego uh, signaled for the tornado DDT, but Miro was done playing games and began to beat the hell out of Fuego with fists. Miro then waffled Fuego with two pump kicks to the head and then pinned Fuego. Miro took Fuego's car keys and rammed them into Fuego's throat. That's a little insult to injury there. Yeah, Damn. but I guess he didn't want the car. What's wrong with the car, man? I don't know. I guess we should have seen what the car looked like. <laughs> Miro locked uh, the game over submission onto Fuego. The Spanish god Sammy Guevara ran down to the ring, though, and nailed Miro with a knee strike. And Sammy hoisted up Miro's TNT championship. Uh-oh. Ooh, the little Spanish god thinks he's got skills. Oh, bro. Well, you know, he's going to, speaking of getting swatted like a little bug, he's going to get swatted by Miro. Yeah. When Miro can actually see him coming. That's one thing to hit Miro in the back when he's not, not like able that, to see you. Think about this. How, if he's doing this, how long are him and Fuego going to be best friends? Because, you know, it could be taken both ways. Like, oh, my buddy came down to help me, or oh, you're getting involved, and now you think you can get a touch. I guess. All right. Are you ready for Dynamite? Yes, sir. Let's we go. had AEW World Champion taking Kenny Omega. Sorry, taking on the debuting the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Oh yeah. Yes. Paul Turner was the referee. Yes. Yes. Everybody. Kent with him. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. Woo! The fans were going bonkers before the two wrestlers even locked up. Danielson began uh, was being calm, letting the moment sink in, and Omega and Danielson finally locked up with a collar and elbow tie-up. Omega uh, chopped at Danielson, but didn't bother the American. But it didn't bother the American Dragon. Danielson fired back with a mid kick, knocking Omega onto the mat. Omega cartwheeled his way around with a, around a monkey flip attempt by Danielson. The American Dragon wrenched at Omega's wrist. He would send the world champ uh, into the turnbuckles and rock Omega with chops and kicks. 
Omega absorbed them and retaliated with chops of his own. Danielson had enough and flipped Omega over the top rope and then rocketed to the outside onto Omega with a topa suicida. <laughs> Danielson jumped off the top turnbuckle with a knee to Omega's arm, uh, likely softening him up for a submission move. Omega was able to shift momentum of, of the match on a dime, stomping on Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson <laughs> after hey turning him into the ropes. Hey man, it's okay. It happens. Someone just had a WWE PTSD moment. Brain fog. Brain fog. Omega would Irish whip Danielson and met him with a hard knee into the abdomen. Then Omega began to punish Danielson's spine with kicks one after another. Omega attempted a moonsault, but Danielson got his knees up in time to counter. Uh, let's see here. Danielson walloped Omega with a hurricanrana for a near fall. Omega planted Danielson with a hurricanrana of his own. Omega launched himself over the top rope and smashed onto the American Dragon. The fans were chanting, This is awesome! Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Do it again, do it again. Okay. This is awesome! I love it. Danielson rolled up Omega, but Omega would counter with a roll-up of his own. Danielson escaped and applied the cattle mutilation uh, submission. Omega was able to touch the bottom rope to force a referee break on the hold. Uh, Danielson flew off the top rope and onto the ramp and nailed Omega with a knee. Omega countered Danielson's knee strikes with a snapdragon suplex. Omega got a running head start on the ramp and blasted Danielson with a massive V-trigger. Um, uh, Omega followed that up with a buckle bomb. Omega then would hit Danielson with a missile drop kick for a near fall. Omega used a heel kick to Brian's spine. Omega was looking for an avalanche dragon suplex, but Danielson managed to escape, dodge the proverbial bullet. Danielson was able to use an avalanche back suplex on Omega, and both men hit the mat hard. As that would say, I wasn't done up here. Thank you. Sorry. Danielson used a shoulder capture suplex for a near fall on, on Omega. The fans were on their feet cheering. Omega was getting a bit uh, was a bit slow getting to the top rope, and Omega spiked Danielson with an avalanche dragon snoop snoopplex. Snoopplex. <laughs> we need a snoopplex. We need a snoopplex. How you doing? For the near fall, Omega wanting to end the match connected with a V trigger, and then he lifted Danielson up for a one winged angel. But Brian countered with a reverse hurricanrana. Uh, Danielson went for a running knee, but Omega countered that. Omega tried for a Phoenix Splash, but Danielson rolled out of the way. Danielson rallied back with kicks, and Omega finally dropped to the mat. Danielson held held Omega's arms and began to stomp on his face. Danielson was looking for the label lock, but Omega had gotten to the ropes. With less than a minute remaining, Danielson and Omega began trading off offense. Uh, time ran out as Danielson was applying the label lock. The match was a draw. The super click ran to the ring to remove Danielson away from Omega. They super kicked Danielson. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express sprinted to the ring to even up the odds. Cooper. It's crazy, man. It was a good match all the way through. Uh, you and I watched some of this match. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they beat the holy hell out of each, each other, bro. And uh, I, was ho I was hoping for a winner in this, but I think they're trying to set it up. For, you know, the next pay-per-view or something, so... Probably going to be setting that up for pay-per-view. I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing a, an actual ending to that, other than a draw. Uh, a t kind of a momentum builder towards a pay-per-view. Yeah. But at the same time, I can kind of see, go ahead and just let it be a draw on this first one, and then kind of let the animosity between the two fuel a raging match for the pay-per-view. It's going to be fun. 
It's going to be awesome, dude. All right, next up in the ring, CM Punk spoke ahead of his match this Friday on Rampage. This will be CM Punk's first TV match in over seven years. So you'll be able to watch this one. Yes, baby. Which happened earlier tonight. Yes, baby. How do you follow that match? It's been a long time since I've been in New York City. It's been even longer time since professional wrestling has been in New York City. I hear people tell me that I need to be mad, that I need to be pissed off, that I need to be the old CM Punk. Be careful for what you wish for. Hobbs, Taz, half of Team Taz is from here and they don't even like you. Last week on Dynamite, they tricked me. Hobbs jumped me and they tried to put me through a table. Yes, it pissed me off, but when my music hits and I step out on the stage, I can't help but feel the way I feel. That pissed off feeling goes away. Yes, it's a love fest. Yes, I'm smiling. Yes, I'm happy to see you. Of course, I think they attempted to do... What what they attempted to do was take all this away from me. They don't want to hear the cult of personality or see happy CM Punk enjoying the fans. And then I get pissed off because it's been so long since I've felt this and since I needed this. I get pissed off because nobody's going to take this away from me. This is mine once again. Team Taz, Hobbs, you should have picked me back up and you should have finished the job. You should have put me through the table. You made a mistake and you let me live. And you slept on the legend of CM Punk. And now it's my now and it's not my job to wake you up. It's my job to tuck you in. Friday Rampage, Powerhouse Hobbs. Goes to sleep. Yes, baby. It's gonna be good, man. I, oh man, did we record that? I really wanna watch that. Yes. Yes, I'm gonna watch Okay. Up next, you had your favorite, MJF, with Wardlow taking on Brian Pillman Jr. with Julia Hart. Julia. Julia Hart. Anyways, Pillman took down MJF with a double leg. uh, MJF is also trying to get over the fact that he lost to Jericho, by the way. He followed that up with forearms. MJF poked Pillman in the ice. Imagine that. But Pillman sent MJF flying with a hip toss and a backdrop. MJF slapped Pillman in the face, and Pillman fired back with a heavy slap to MJF. Pillman rolled up MGF with a sunset flip for a near fall. MGF sent Pillman's shoulder first into the canvas. Pillman fought back, though, with a high crossbody press on MGF. He blasted MGF with a thrust kick, and Pillman managed to power slam MGF. MGF rolled to the outside and used Julia Hart as a human shield. MGF grabbed Julia's wrist, and while he was distracted, Pillman connected with a drop kick to MGF's draw, jaw. Sorry. Uh, Pillman tried for another drop kick on MGF back in the ring, but MGF would counter with a salt of the earth armbar and forced Pillman to tap out. Ah, oh, so close, Pillman. So close, but yet so far away. Yes. <laughs> he like the Shrek's away. 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 Man. From my But has anybody seen the post going around about his own parents having the We Think He Sucks Too MGF poster? <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells his mom to F off. I mean, I, lo- I love it. MJF is like the, the best freaking bad guy out there going right now. I tell you what. It's been fantastic. I love every second of it. <laughs> At first I was like, okay, this guy's kind of like, uh, He's yeah. He's kind of a douche. He's just mostly, because well, it seemed like he was just mostly a mouth runner. Yeah. Because when we first see him in AEW, he was in these tournament matches. So it's kind of like, eh, we're not really seeing what we think we should be seeing with this guy. But then when we got seeing him on individual singles matches, and then some normal tag matches, I'm like, okay, 
this guy's actually got some talent to actually back up what he's saying. Yeah. So he's actually one of my actual favorite heels. And that's saying something, because you know I don't really care for heels, yeah, period. You, you don't care for heels, but what we love about a heel that can run their mouth, they have to back it up, too. Yeah. And that he does. Yes, and it was great to watch. So, we had the return of the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes with Brandy Rhodes and the Enforcer Ann Anderson taking on Malachi Black. Are you ready? Let's go, bro. Here we go. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes traded offense, but Malachi would sweep out Cody's legs. Cody rolled out of the ring, and Brandy tried to get in the ring and flipped off Malachi. Why? Just Brandy, sit down. Cody ran into the ring, though, from the other side, but Malachi Black was able to apply an octopus-like submission on Cody. Uh, Cody connected with a boot to Black. Uh, Cody would jump off the top row toward Black, who was up on the ramp. But Black countered with a strike. He brought Cody back into the ring and followed up with more strikes and punches and swift kicks. Malachi Black nearly uh, decapitated Cody with a roundhouse kick. Cody was hit so hard he flew out of the ring. Cody rolled back into the ring just in time for it to beat a 10 count. Black attempted to pin him, but Cody lifted his boot onto the top, or not onto the top rope, onto a rope to stop the ref's count. Cody rallied back with a chop block to Malachi Black. Cody would hit a second chop block and then use a dragon court, uh, dragon screw sorry, on Black. Malachi caught Cody in the back, though, or the back of the ear with a back elbow. And then he would counter crossroads by hurling Cody halfway across the ring, using Cody's own momentum against him. Cody, though, would hit a Cody cutter and then the crossroads for a near fall on Malachi Black. Arn Anderson jumped onto the ring apron and Cody collided with Arn inadvertently. Cody went to check on Arn, but Arn told him to concentrate on Black. Cody started to wear out Black with body shots. Malachi, though, sprayed Black mist into Cody's eyes and rolled him up for the victory. <sighs> you know, when you hit your finisher and it's not a pay-per-view, you know you ain't winning. <laughs> Yeah. Because he just it, doesn't work. If he work. kicks out, you're not winning the you're, match. You're not. It, only on a pay-per-view are you allowed to get a couple of those, I hit my finisher, they kicked out, but there's still a shot for me to win this. Yeah. But on regular television, it's over, Cody. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing to poor Cody. I mean, I guess he's part, he's part of the production crew, so he's taking these losses himself, but damn, dude. Right? What's going on with Cody? Uh, he's he's kind of under Alistair. Well, did I say Alistair? You did. You Malachi. had your own WWE Malachi. fog brain. Yes. He's under Malachi's spell, man. I guess. Malachi's got under his skin, and and uh, I don't think it's over between these two. I don't think so either. I think this is going to come to head at another pay per view, and we're probably going to see something. I like what they're doing with Malachi. I like the darker version of him. It's it's quite entertaining. I like the fact that they're actually using yes him in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Or using him, period, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time, again, when he was completely healthy, but just sat doing nothing. You know who we're talking about. Oh, yes. The other promotion we talk about tomorrow. Anyways. So we had FDR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood with Tolly Blanchard taking on Sting and Darby. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Dax would lower, uh, lured uh, Sting forward or toward FDR's corner, and then FDR began a double team on Sting. Uh, 
Seconds later, Sting would scoop slam and catch and Dax. FTR went right back to the corner to a double team Sting again. Uh, Dax dropped a leg on Sting and for good for good for a one count. Sorry, Sting knocked Dax down though with uh, with a shoulder tackle. Darby would tag in and blasted FTR with a shotgun drop kick and two consecutive coffin drops. <laughs> it's so weird saying coffin drops. I'm sorry, just because I'm saying coffin and then it's drops. I'm still like I'm saying cough drops. Right. <laughs> he tried for a third one, but FTR caught him and slammed Darby into the edge of the ring. Sting tagged in and hit Hardwood with a spine buster for a near fall. Sting would connect with a crossbody on Dax for a very close near fall. Uh, Cash baited Sting and Dax rolled up Sting for a near fall. Dax lifted up Sting for a tombstone pile driver, but Sting would counter looking for a scorpion death drop. But instead, he connected with a stinger splash on FTR. Tully Blanchard handed Dax a chair in the corner. Sting didn't realize there was a chair, and Sting ran in for a splash, but Dax moved out of the way. Ouch. Before Sting smashing in the chair, he stopped himself. Oh, he managed to stop himself. Instead, clocked Tully Blanchard. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sting made Dax tap out with a scorpion deathlock after Darby sacrificed himself with a coffin drop on cash. What a way to win that match, right? Yes, sir. That, that's making a statement right there. For those of you that say the franchise don't have it anymore, look what he just did. What's up? Yes, sir. Are you ready for the main event? Let's do it. And now for the main event, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages around the world. Oh, sorry. I had my own uh, little... Keep going. I was having fun with this. <laughs> oh, let's get ready to rumble. There you go. All right. AEW World Women's Championship. The champion, <laughs> Dr. Brett Baker, DMD, with Rebel and Jamie Hayter taking on Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. Soho. You know what's funny? She's not a hoe. Whoa, bro. Whoa. Sorry, what? When you were saying Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. American Dragon. I was waiting for that Danielson. Oh, I'm sorry. Danielson. I fa- I'm sorry I failed you. So I, I'm making it up with Soho. Danielson. So I'm going to make it up with Soho. Here Soho, we go. no ho. Right. <laughs> Ruby would use a back heel trip and quickly turn into a dirty fight. Into a dirty fight. She didn't turn into a dirty fight. <laughs> I just realized what I said. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> After I just said she's not a whole. She's a Anyways, soul. shut up. Let's Anyways, Britt Brit Fish hooked up Ruby. Uh, Ruby then dazed Britt Baker with a knee to the face. Baker bailed to the outside. Uh, Ruby launched herself off the top rope to the outside onto Rebel and Hater. Uh, Britt would hit a thrust, a thrust kick on uh, Ruby and then a swinging neck breaker on the challenger outside of the ring. Things broke down into a slugfest when Ruby uh, then headbutted the women's world champion. Uh, Britt Baker ran across the ring with a sling blade clothesline. Rebel then gave Baker a surgical glove, and Baker tried to curb stomp. Uh, tried for the curb stomp, but Ruby dodged it. Why do you need a surgical glove to do a curb stomp that's not at all needing, needed I think she was going to do something else cough <laughs> Ruby oh, catapulted Baker into the turnbuckles uh, Ruby uh, used the senton onto Baker for a near fall Ruby charged in but Britt got a boot up uh, Britt followed that up with a stiff neck breaker for a near fall Britt nailed Ruby with an avalanche air raid crash for a near fall 
Uh, Brick curb stomped Ruby's head for another near fall. Ruby kicked Baker for the no uh, with the no future. Jamie Hayter jumped on the apron and distracted Ruby. Baker would use the opportunity to apply the locked jaw submission onto Ruby Soho, and she would force Ruby Soho to tap out. Boy. The numbers game oh, got to her. The number, yeah, the numbers game got to her in this one, and I think that if it didn't, she had a shot at winning this match. But the fact that she actually tapped out is not in her favor. No. Definitely yeah. not good. Not good. No, not good. No. No, so. Sorry, not no, sorry. Anyways. Yeah, uh, is I really think the numbers game didn't help. Um, and the distraction, of course, it's hard. It's really hard to escape a submission maneuver when you don't see it coming. Yeah. If you can kind of sense it and kind of give it a block, it's easier to at least if it gets locked in on you. You can ease. It's more. It's easier because if you know your surroundings in the ring, you know where you're at, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But it, when it's when it's applied like out of nowhere and you don't see it coming. <laughs> It's, or uh, sense it. It's yeah. just, bam, you're in it, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's like getting, uh, you know, bit by a snake. You're yeah. Just, you're done. It's, it's over. It's done. It's over. Go ahead and tap out. The snake don't care. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Let it go. And the jaw will come up. Never mind. We're not going to get into nature. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, it's just unfortunately with the numbers game costing Soho. You're right, though. A, a tap out isn't the best start for your... Uh, uh, career when you're in a championship match but uh, in a championship rivalry yeah this is not this is not good we'll see what happens with it but uh see if she can i really do think if you know if Baker didn't have her henchman there i think uh yeah it'd be a different story so we'll see what happens yeah Ru- Ru- ruby needs um some uh former right squad members squad she needs a. She, she needs, needs squad members. What's she up? needs the Soho squad. The Soho squad. Soho squad. Almost like Suicide Squad, but Soho instead of suicide. Yes. Topa Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm having too much fun with that, obviously. Anyway, so we'll be back tomorrow with the pay-per-view preview. No way. I can't say it. It's not true. It's not an extreme rules pay-per-view because there's no extreme rules matches. Yeah, it's crazy. Except if you want to technically count the triple threat match that's happening between the United States champion Damian Priest, Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy because that can't be happening. You can't have disqualifieds in that. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's not even technically extreme rules unless they actually just make it extreme rules because they all just start attacking each other with random crap. It'll get extreme. Well, Jeff's in it, so there's a good exactly. chance. It'll get extreme. <laughs> there's always a chance things can get a little extreme if Jeff's involved. Or if Randy Orton is involved with a Jeff Hardy match, then he makes things a little too extreme. Yeah. What is with Orton and Jeff Hardy, by the way? Does he just not like Jeff? There's always been a rivalry between It's just a weird rivalry, though. Mm. It's just, it doesn't seem like it fits. I don't know. Maybe he Orton just doesn't like that Jeff's a fan favorite the way he is. Yeah, and I think what it is is, is Jeff is more of the underdog. Randy's more of the you know silver spoon fed you know WWE superstar that didn't really have to work to get where he was. Yeah, and second or third generation or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, I'm just saying that. I'm not saying it's it in weird a bad though. way. I love Randy Orton. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Randy Orton leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Um, there's been some bad stories about him, things like that, and. Same goes around for Jeff Hardy. Maybe he's jealous at the fact that, you know, the fans still love Jeff Hardy, even after the things he's been through. And, I don't know, maybe they don't kiss his ass the way they want him to. I guess. I mean, it's just weird. But anyway, so we're moving off from that before we go on yeah, to another tangent. It is. It's, it's, it's quite the uh, rivalry they have, though. Weird rivalry. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is this Sunday. We hope you enjoy the non-violent pay-per-view. The non-violent Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I liked when someone put a meme out there that changed it to the Unextreme Rules pay-per-view. Right. Because <laughs> it is. It's basically unextreme. All right, so we'll have that. We'll have this, uh, the WWE list portion of the those who will retire in their prime and those who hang on too long. Um, as well, we'll probably start with that, and then we'll do the um, card the card preview of the, each match and give our thoughts on that. Sunday is, of course, the baseball basketball talk. We'll be back with that. Um, some, I guess we can talk about some interesting stuff going on with the Lakers, but it's kind of homerism things. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. If they've got news, we'll talk about it. Exactly, because you know it's the Lakers. <laughs> it's not our fault. They're amazing, right? Anyways, um, and of course we got some cool stuff to talk about with baseball going on. I can't wait to talk about it. It's fun on a bun for me because I love talking baseball because it's fun. Uh, let's see. And then, of course, we'll be back with more football talk. Oh, yeah. On Tuesday. My favorite. Oh, yes. It's like Christmas in September. Yeah. This basically is for me. Anyways, so that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.